Sakuna Show. We have a tradition on this show, Jazz, where we do these amazing cold opens. <laughs> They're very organic. Yeah, like this one. The, uh, yeah. Okay, here's a new theme song. Okay. <laughs> Waiting ones is easy when you Yeah, you like that nice fade into the podcast? Yeah. That was by Keith Selliver. Nice. We, um, al- we also have some amazing technical uh, chops happening here. We were hearing that theme song while you were hearing it. For the first time. And then Brendan. So I'm sorry to break it to you guys that we've been lying to you in previous episodes where we pretended we were listening along to the theme song with you. Yeah. Um, and also, so that theme song uh, submission, Yusan, our producer, was so excited about it that he forwarded it to me and wrote that he it made him lose his mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have any music knowledge. I can't speak of, about music without making an ass of myself. But I like it. it felt uh, it felt kind of jazzy. And uh, um, what's that? What's that drum beat called when it's when the drums are like that? What do the kids call that? Is that dubstep, Jessica? <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> Um, I'd like to take this time to introduce our guest. <laughs> Speaking of jazz. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Oh, man. Oh, what? man. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, I guess if we cared, we could edit around that, but we're not going to. Okay. So our guest today, we're very excited to have a very special special guest, Jazz Waters. Hi. Um, she's a writer of both drama and comedy and uh. television. Now, is jazz short for Jazz, Jasmine. Man, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Don't when, call me that. When, <laughs> <laughs> when Cody told me she she made a friend named Jazz uh, working on the show, I was like, wow. I, I, I immediately pictured the name as J-A-Z-Z. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Is that real? What a what a crazy name, Jazz Waters. But it's it's Jazz, yeah. J A S. But J Z Z Waters is a very very cool name. Like that's a very cool character name. I feel like. Well, yeah, it's like a yeah. comic book character. Totally. Like a pool shark or something. <laughs> um, Jazz by... Waters is gonna <laughs> sink the eight ball every time. <laughs> I'll by, get on that. By the way, when I was in college, I was in a class, and there was a guy whose first name was Algero. One what? word. His... Yeah. <laughs> His I'll, parents and, hate him. <laughs> and his last name was... <laughs> and, like, the TA, like, on the first day when the TA was calling, like, doing roll call, when he got to Algero, he was like, are your parents fans of Algero? And the guy's like, what do you think? <laughs> or he just looks nothing like his father. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the dark joke. <laughs> All right. Well, Jazz is a, is a writer of color. Um I will identify her ethnically now using my ethnographic uh, machine. She's black. Um, <laughs> for, because, because it's an audio medium. So. That was like a, like a 1960s Batman kind of uh, sound effect. Um, but also, ex- she's extra uh, outsider because she's a drama writer. I am. We've never had her like uh, in this studio before. That's true. You're our first drama writer. 
I am breaking barriers all over the place. <laughs> that was the final, the final barrier of this, this podcast <laughs> was drama. Nice. It's kind of it's a weird podcast because we were chit chatting before the show, and and we go, oh, I've never never met a drama writer before, and she's like, oh, is that the only reason I'm here? Is because I'm a drama writer? No, the only reason you're here is because you're a black woman. <laughs> But you should put me on a stamp. It's, it's not. It's not a. It's not a crime that that's the reason you're here on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a drama the, the more you say it, the more it feels like a crime. No, I know. I do. well, yeah. Everything I say it sounds like sounds awful. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, we, 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 we never. I never encounter in my personal life. I, I don't. I don't. I don't exchange thoughts with drama writers uh, uh, barely Why? at all. I, I don't. I just don't. I just don't have them in my life. Like I. I get. I, do like, black people in your life? I got I got I got a black person or two in my life. I wouldn't I don't want to I don't want to overplay. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't I don't want my black friends listening and going like friend black yeah. friend listening. Yeah. <laughs> friend parentheses s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question mark. The, the, the thing about me is that I don't even even if in a world with no no race or gender, I would I would be weird in that like I kind of I have very I don't know, I have strange like I kind of employ my friends and vice versa. Oh, so you're a writer. <laughs> like I, like yeah, like I, I, I uh, yeah, and I, and I, and I, like I just sort of like my life is my work and my my relationships are yeah all, all that stuff. So I guess the only drama people I know are like other showrunners, right? Like Vince Gilligan, I'll see him once every year or something at mm-hmm. some function, and I'll go, hey, it's Vince Gilligan because I'm a star fucker and. Like, but I, we're not we're not really friends, but right. But but all yeah. right. Well, what what question do you have? Drama writer questions? Because I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, in general, I, I just so, so curious about how the rooms work. You know. <clears throat> yeah, because like you know, and, and like the one thing I'm always curious about is in comedy, like after so, a writer does their draft, mm-hmm. um, and at some point it'll go to the room, and the entire room will kind of like tackle it and go through and do a joke pass and like. You're still tabling. Yeah. You're tabling a script and you're going through and you're looking for punches, you're looking for holes, you're making sure that the story is there. Um, it's the same thing. It's just you're not, you know, necessarily looking for jokes, but you're still going to table it. So it's not more, and, and I suppose this varies from showrunner to showrunner, but mm-hmm. but it's not, I always picture drama series is operating more outside the room that, that, that you'd, you'd gather together and you'd have this like powwow, but then you'd like a lot of the work would be being done in offices and at um home. of my four rooms two were dramas two comedies uh both dramas ran this actually with the exception of the uh late night comedy um hood adjacent every room was run the same it's just hours uh but yeah it's really just breaking together um outlining sort of loosely in the room attacking every scene Writer goes off, comes back with the draft, table, writer goes off. Yeah. All right. Well, same. No, no big diff then. No. Yeah. I, well, well, I've very... heard, though, like comedy rooms, more sitcom rooms, just go super late at night, which was the case on my first drama, but not since. Yeah, I think it's, it, it's they, they it, I think it varies from show to show. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess, I guess that, that maybe that is the thing of like, like with comedy, it's like that whole religion of is it funny or not funny? This concept of funny could tailspin you into staying up till three in the morning. This right. episode isn't funny. For me, I, I, I ran a sitcom for five seasons. I, I, 
you know, when when we would stay up till three a.m., it would it would be because we hadn't found the story yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, to oh, me, really? jokes are easy. To, like like not, not jokes aren't easy, but they're. It's like the frosting, you know, like like oh, right. a, a, you need the foundation to, yeah. to be set. Yeah, like I, like like I said, you know, the jokes come last. Like they they because it's like you have a bunch of funny people, and then you just they just barf up a list of things that you know alts for for somebody's line. So this is what uh, I've realized, and I didn't realize it until I got on the show that I'm on now. Um, I think because I I'm a story person, period. So I'm always the story Nazi in the room. I'm always the person that whether it's a comedy or a drama. What is this episode about? Mm-hmm. Are we arcing, you know, through the season? Are we actually paying off all the things that we promised? Like, I'm that person from Jump so that we aren't there until 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. Uh, because at the end of the day, funny or dramatic, it's got to be a good story. That's the theory, is, yeah. that, is that you can avoid having to re-break if you, if you break it right the first time. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 but I'm, I'm 45 years old, and I've, you know, now eight, eight seasons counting Rick and Morty and Community, like, I, mm-hmm. it, it, of, like, trying to work smarter, not harder. But yeah. eh, I don't know. I, like, but also, I, I your still process is your out. process, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, my process for, yeah, for community involved all the writers bringing their toothbrushes and just, like, (laughs) hating my guts by the end of it. But, uh, and I'd say you'll thank me at the Emmys and we never... We never got thanked. Never Thanks had, for Donald had, Glover. <laughs> yeah, Donald Glover got to got to got to go off into. Listen. Yeah, he was he was he was soaring through us. I mean, he was <laughs> his trajectory was from from Thirty Rock to where he was blowing everyone's mind in the writers' right. room, and then he was an actor in Community, and it was just like when people would say, "Are you mad at Donald for for leaving?" Um, you know, before his contract was up, and I'm like, I. If you're Donald Glover, how how do you know right now at this stage of your life that it's not possible for you to eat the moon? Yeah. Like, 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 he yeah. hasn't done yeah. anything and failed yet. Yeah. He has to keep trying. Yeah, uh, for uh, sure. Uh, but anyways, um, we should we, – we, we're a little, little uh, out of order, but we should um, get, get your kind of like uh, – uh, your resume because it's really quite impressive. The, the 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 show that you were working on right before this most recent one was it was some big mucky muck hit, wasn't it? The the what was the? Uh, you can consider it a hit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I started on the breaks on VH1, um, then went to Hood Adjacent in Comedy Central, and uh, then went to This Is Us on NBC. This Is Us. Yeah. Now I am on Kidding right. on Showtime. Yeah, and kidding on uh, is that that's how we kind of, we know each other indirectly. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend Cody is um, a writer. She's working on kidding. She's in she's in that room. Yes, she's the she's 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 the um, well. You said you you've worked on 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 comedy and drama, but Cody was like, I got, I I'm I'm the only comedy writer here. Like I don't I don't know if I'm like you know if that, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah, no, Cody's killing it. Yeah, I would have thought um, so that it would be like, well, it's probably easier to get a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's she's great with uh oh, I can't tell this, but there was there was a it's in her episode. Um she came back with the execution of a script that just no one in the fucking can I curse? It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, nobody in the fucking world would have ever thought to do what she did with this scene that you just look at her and you're like, yeah, that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's killing it. She's doing great. Yeah. Yeah. She has her moments. <laughs> 
we have, we have, we have, we have this you know i mean like i'm i've never been more in love in my life but it's like Aww. it's 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 weird i've also never really been with a writer um really yeah and uh, it's so it's 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 weird because i still have all these like weird unhealthy kind of like jedi like workaholic um self-loathing like religious views about our craft um, that I'm trying to get over in therapy, and then you meet Cody Heller, and then and then mm-hmm. it's like, and then trying to have my first healthy, honest relationship in my life. It's like, it, it, those are two very different hats. Like, um, if 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 your lover is is a plumber and you're a writer, then they can say, look, I look, I plunged this toilet, and you can just automatically be in total supportive partner mode and go, you plunge that toilet better than anybody in the world. Right. You're the best. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. And you can really mean it too, because mm-hmm. you don't give a fuck about plumbing. <laughs> and, uh, but it's this, it's this writing thing. It's, 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 it's we, there, there's challenges here and there. It's tough. So it's like, there, there's like, we, like, we, we kind of keep it separate to, to avoid trouble, but it's like, she's like, you know, why haven't you read my scripts? And, 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 oh, wow. and, and the answer is so complicated. Cause I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, I don't, because you don't know how to note her. Well, yeah. I mean, like, what Way. I, I, know, I, yeah. I I tend to only date writers, whether they are dramatic or screenwriters or songwriters or whatever, but just that sort of writer brain is so attractive to me because that's what I know. I and I don't want to get into y'all's relationship because I don't want to hear about it later. But <laughs> um I I tend to find if you're trying to have an honest relationship, you know her. You're you're Dan Harmon. You know what you're doing. Note her. She should get the benefits of of having Dan Harmon laying next to her. Note her. Yeah, I think I, well, she's going to get that regardless because it's not like I'm a fucking charmer. You know, it's it's not like I. It's like when I when I read her you did stuff, something, right? I always I always I always I always I always like her stuff, but and then and then I am like a fucking. I I always hear. I, it's like I hear myself go, like. Can I make a suggestion about this scene? And then, I, and then another part of my brain goes, "What are you doing, you dick?" Like you know, but like, because you haven't really like said enough nice shit yet. Like you're leaping into like, like, like making suggestions, or it's it's like maybe she doesn't want that, and it's it's all basically it's all on me. Like she's a healthier writer than me. Like she mm-hmm. has a healthier relationship with her craft. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, 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 I'm like spending this relationship. So then, like, wouldn't unwinding. your input only make her better? I don't know. I don't. I, I'm afraid I might toxify her with my fucking. But that's also. I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are grown. Cody's a grown woman. She and also she's a writer within herself. So she's gonna know what note to take and what not to take. Where mm-hmm. it becomes unhealthy is where she feels obligated to take it because you're her boyfriend. It's yeah, like she just, wouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's all on me. It's 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 just like it's me. It's my anxiety. It's like you know Christmas when uh, like you get the you, you that, that don't give her notes for Christmas. Open, <laughs> open, <laughs> you're opening the opening a Christmas gift and like it's that anxiety that hits mm-hmm. you where it's like from grandma and like <laughs> you know it's going to be like tube socks or. Like it, it, or or maybe it'll be it's 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 that it's that anxiety wave that hits you where you're out of the moment. You're like they're like, yeah. well, I want to I want to be a I want to be a loving person. Yeah, and then and then and I'm yeah I'm not yeah. used to. But I like, mean, you just have to respect her as a writer and treat her as you would a writer you were trying to be honest with and help improve whatever. If there is room for improvement, you know, and yeah. also you know. In that metaphor, like at some point you hit thirty and you're like, fucking socks are great gifts. Like <laughs> they are. 
Yeah, like the things I love as gifts in my 30s is like a real bummer to kids, but like never thought I'd get so excited over like spatulas and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I kind of derailed the first quarter of our podcast with my relationship. It's okay. We allotted that was our Dan derailment 10 minutes that we allot every every episode. Okay. Let's talk about race and writing or just race. Um, So uh, a lot of people have written in. Um, this uh, some sort of version of this question, which is I'll, I'll read like the email that kind of encapsulates it all. Hey there, I'll start by saying I'm a white, straight, 25 year old man living in Flint, Michigan. While I have a few friends of color, is that the right way to say it? Most of my friends are white. I've got two questions for you. How do I even begin to bring up the topic of race and gender with my friends who would otherwise not talk about it? And also, how do I make more friends with people of color? I want to have a more meaningful and open dialogue about these topics, but I can't figure out how to go about it. Thanks so much. Love the show, Alex. So um, the the question of like, how do I uh, the question? <laughs> so uh, I guess Yusan just put up a note that said, "Nice use of the semicolon, Alex." <laughs> It's true. You don't see a proper use of the semicolon every day. Um, no. But a lot of a lot of uh, well-meaning white people um, have written in saying, like, I grew up in an all-white neighborhood, like, and even as an adult, almost all of my friends are white. My life is just very white, and I would like to, like, know more and know people of color and be more open about, sure. like, other people's experiences, but I don't know how to go about how to go about it because there aren't people in my life that are of color that I can talk to. Should I make friends with them? But and if I do, like, is it isn't that just tokenism? Um, so I guess I have a, a very specific answer for Alex, but uh, it could serve as a broader an- answer for um, the Alexes of the world. Uh, first and foremost, um, for Alex, uh, one, it's dope to to be aware enough to say, hey, maybe I need to do something differently. Um, because the hardest part about diversity and inclusion is getting over everyone's self-defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's allowing people to get past the fear of I'm doing something wrong to actually have a conversation to get to the solutions. So um, the question of itself is dope. The other thing is um, Alex is in Flint, Michigan. They haven't had clean drinking water in certain neighborhoods since what 2014 Mm -hmm. um i know that because most of those neighborhoods are black and brown so we as black and brown people are aware that there are thousands of people many of them children who have been living on bottled water who have now have irreversible iron deficiencies and their hair is growing out and uh, falling out and they have whelps in their bodies because they don't have clean drinking water. That's something that's happening in his own community. Um, Alex may or may not, I'm sure he probably knows that, but there's an entry point. Mm -hmm. Um, The larger answer would be, uh, to recognize that everyone doesn't have the same experience. So everyone's not caring about the same things. And if you want to meet other people and you want to broaden your horizon, you have to start there with what is everyone else caring about? What in my world is absent in theirs and vice versa and start there. Um, Because that's going to lead you to not just friends of color, but genuine friends that, that you can connect with 
over things that you care about and then you care about their lives and then you understand their lives and then you can take what you know back to the rest of the world. So it's kind of like, you know, it, 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 because it's an interesting dilemma in a vacuum if you're a white person and you go like, okay, suppose I, I just decide willy-nilly I, 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 <clears throat> I, I need more friends of color, mm-hmm. and, and, which is something – and it's like, oh, that seems such like such an awkward concept and all that stuff. And it, what you're saying is, yeah, it is an awkward concept in and of itself because it's not attached to any – contextual broadening of your life so like if just because it's awkward doesn't mean it's wrong and 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 the that like the advice to the alexes of the world which i i think i'm included i think i'm an alex and and, but i have the privilege of living in la so i'm Mm -hmm. constantly meeting uh all kinds of people but but like the um the answer is like this is a this is a small part of a larger call to adventure um, where it's time to like go, go like 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 reach out into the world like 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 well, yeah you have to first of all people are people and that's regardless of your race or your gender we're people and he mentioned tokenism um, which is something that I recently I I said to a group of people that you know I am in this group. And I'm the only person of color. And when I uh, chime in with my references, they're usually things of color because they're the things that I grew up with in my world. No one understood my references. No one in, in even so much so that I throw a reference out there and it would completely go over their heads. There's no question of anything deeper or, oh, I don't know what that is. What is that? Or no sort of interest. It just literally, oh, that's not something I care about Mm -hmm. and it flew over their heads but they wanted my friendship Mm. so you don't actually want to get to know me and understand me you want my presence Mm -hmm. that's tokenism versus if you see me as a human being as a person and you say oh you mentioned xyz you like that why do you like that maybe I should go check it out you get to know who I am as a person and then you actually have a friend you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you attack something, you want just simply someone's presence or you just want to check a box or you want to feel better about yourself. Yeah, that's tokenism. If you genuinely want to meet and connect people, you have to understand what their lives are. You have mm-hmm. to start to invest in what they care about and in how they see the world, because that's how you invest in them. Anything less is tokenism. Right. Making me realize I'm not a very good friend to my white friends. (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't think I've ever cared about anybody. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, because, like, I think the distinction we're making is that even if wanting to diversify your friends, like, is the entry point, it doesn't necessarily mean that the friends you make have to be token friends. Well, first of all, everybody you meet is not your friend. Yeah. So if you want to just meet more black people, mm-hmm. you can you can go stand outside a barbershop and meet black people. <laughs> like it's not that's not hard. If you actually want to be friends with black people, if you actually want to be friends with anyone, you need to invest in in what in who they are and what they're interested in and what they care about. So the way you you talk about tokenism, I think ties in uh <clears throat> really nicely with 
when because uh, a lot of uh, white people also write in and say, like, you know, I'm a white writer and I'm writing like a book, a comic book, a script, what have you. Mm-hmm. And I want to be more inclusive and have mm-hmm. diverse characters. But on the podcast, you guys talk about uh, certain stories not being yours to tell as a white person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm confused because it feels like it's conflicting information. And I think that that descriptor is a really good way to uh, advise these people, which is like, yes, of course, like uh, having a diverse cast is wonderful, but like they first and foremost, they have to be three-dimensional, complex human characters mm-hmm. and not just a stereotype or an archetype or just like uh, a color skin on top of like something that doesn't necessarily... Like, uh, ba- yeah, go ahead. Do I know enough about this world to make this character whole? Mm-hmm. That to me is the dividing line. If I don't know enough about this world to tell you who that character would be at 3 a.m. or what that character would do if they got a call or a knock on the door from the police or if they found out something catastrophic about their mother or what's on the table at Thanksgiving dinner. If I don't know enough to make that character a real honest whole person, it's probably not my story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, like, and as far and as far as the, I mean, that's a reference to, you know, the that sort of uh, last Airbender thing we were talking about mm-hmm. in the last episode, where it's like, mm-hmm. is it okay if I'm passionate about this milieu, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the answer we came up with was, um, yeah, it's okay. It's it, well. It's it's a risk that you're taking because that uh, hopefully because of how passionate you are mm-hmm. about that milieu and what we've come upon over and over again in this podcast is sort of like I, the 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 best metaphor we've come up with is uh, where as far as appropriation is concerned, where did you buy this and how are you wearing it? Like 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 mm. did you is mm-hmm. it do, do you know where this comes from? Do you know like which is basically what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. As, as as far as characters, if you're a white writer writing like a sitcom pilot and you're like, oh, should I? Should I should I make this character black and say you know fade in on a black guy like 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 I my personal um, uh, uh, philosophy about that has been if it's Im- if it's important that they're black if it's going to end up being important to the story or the character within the context of the of the script that they're black for instance maybe I don't know. Um, uh, because they're because there's racial tension between them and their mm-hmm. white friend, mm-hmm. so it's going to be coming up over and over again. Then, okay, okay, yeah. Then, but but when in doubt, if you're just if you're just trying to write a pleasant like like little like. Uh, little doodad as a as a as a was a white writer and what you're it's like i i say just write race neutral just run run it through the litmus test of like could this character be any um you know like run run it through your little white brains um rolodex of races like with each character and 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 try it with gender too and 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 ultimately if the thing gets produced you can you cast it like like, like with an eye toward diversity that that doesn't i i hear you and and that benefits white people that doesn't necessarily benefit people of color because here's the thing um one of the things that that i personally get so much feedback on is how black Randall is especially this season Randall being uh Sterling Brown's character from uh This Is Us and they the audience responds to the nuance 
because he feels like a a the character feels like a black man that they would see out in the world when you write things race neutral you're writing it based on your race yeah who a a a a black man or a Latino man or an Asian man or a Middle Eastern man is as a person, their mannerisms, how they think and process what's important to them. A lot of times is very specific to their experience in the world, which is not the same as the experience as a white man. So even if you create a character and you say, oh, this is race neutral, you cast them black. All you're doing is put on, putting a black person into a white character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that doesn't that only serves the white audience, because then when that when that airs, white people recognize this character. Black people don't. Right. I, I yeah, I totally hear you. But the alternative in, in this example, this mm-hmm. is a, this is a, a, a hypothetical white writer who, by your litmus test, they don't know anything about the world, the, right. the 3 a.m. phone call or anything like yeah. that. So I'm saying um that's the that's the the fallback default it is it's a it's a disney effect a nickelodeon effect then you're just writing white from your white point of view and then you're leaving it to casting to plug people of color into the cast and you'll 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 try to do well that way and they become tokens as a well as a but but the alternative is i mean let's explore the alternative because maybe this is time for me to learn something but the 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 you're a white writer are you i mean so are you supposed to like take the you're, extra step and go like I'm going to create right. a black character and I'm going to You're I mean, saying so, the two options are either we end up with something that's an all white cast or it's a if if the if a white if this hypothetical white writer which actually isn't hypothetical if this real for reals white writer like has a that's show writing right now yeah, in their exactly. in their living room yeah um like the, you know it's w- w- option a or option b option a is they write what they know and it's an all white cast cuz they're all of their friends are white their world is white option b is same person but they just put color skins of different color on their white friends well can we i mean because right. I, I, think, I think we all know we're all living in a post diversity as far as casting like era mm-hmm. so let's let, let's can i change that dichotomy because we already know like like jazz says like this kind of like that that rainbow cast where the diversity happens in casting but didn't happen on the page mm-hmm. um let's just call that the the white script like it's like right. like mm-hmm. jazz is saying it's like it's like the white guy wrote his wrote his white point of view, and then he said to the casting director, "Let's make sure this is diverse, so you get these talented actors of color and their 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 race is happenstance. And maybe if it goes to series, then the actors can start to fill it with their their energy and stuff, and it'll happen slowly." But I, what I'm what I'm curious about is what's the alternative to that? Because I know that that's not right. that's not the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. But but I'm curious of like what this white person like what's the alternative right. for him? Well, it depends. Here's the problem is that when we talk about it in terms of what is the alternative for this one white writer, like we're ignoring the bigger systemic issue, which is something we talk about on the show, which is that really if you this would this white writer, this wouldn't be a huge dilemma for this white writer if uh, black writers, Asian writers, Latino writers, native writers like all had shows and were able to write their own stories and populate their cast with very, very specific people um, where, like, their nuanced point of view is a part of the show, then this wouldn't be an issue. And that's the big, that's the big solve. But if we're talking about being, like, like, realistically tackling this, like, okay, guess what? Networks this year, they're not going to order an entire slate of, like, people of color shows, right? right? Yeah. Like, 
like it's it's going to be almost all like white showrunners, then then we get into this more kind of narrow discussion mm-hmm. of what should what should the ideal yeah. version of this so, not ideal let's situation. Let's have that narrow discussion because it's fascinating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and, and it needs to be had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you uh, found a, a source material, a piece of IP, and it was a book on deep space, right? And you loved it and you wanted to develop it. The first thing you're going to do is research on deep space because it's important to you. Why can't you research and, and, and understand how to make your black, Latino, Asian character whole? It has to be important to you. You have to actually care. So start by caring and then do the work. And then that becomes a part of the page and a part of the story. And then people can see themselves. I mean, this is a totally different philosophy about, you know, about the 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 solution, which is very interesting. And it's kind of always been there. It's always Mm -hmm. there's always been that sort of Disney idea where it's like the Mouseketeers idea of diversity which is and not to not to not to shit on it because it's it's also kind of important it's that yeah. it's that uhura thing it's like Whoopi Goldberg going oh my god there's a black woman on TV yeah. and she's not a maid and then that setting about this that, that that so that's good but then um there's this other thing which is like is is that whether that's a disservice because we're now we're talking about that's a tool of assimilation you're, what you're saying is uh um you're actually um, diversity you're actually alienating diversity. the colored audience yeah. colored audience that sounds weird um the, sounds very 1950 <laughs> <laughs> the audience of color um you're at, you're 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 alienating uh the the, the very audience that because like i i thought that was so interesting what you said is that they they don't recognize that no. person and yeah. then that actually is that is there is there a and worse problem? And then we don't there? turn in. We don't tune in. We 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 are smart enough to know. Oh, that's not real. That's not for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not for you. Can you can plug a, a a character in, and we'll know. Oh, that's for them. And then we don't watch it. And we watch things. We show up with dollars. We support it when we see ourselves. And a lot of people are missing out on that. Yeah, it's an audience. Yeah, I, I th- oh, go ahead. I, I just want to say to the to the other part of that. Um, shit, I lost it. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> that's all good. Um, I I get a little bit wary of like when we get into this portion of the discussion, which is about like oh, research like your character and research this world we're you're writers. talking about. Yes, you're we're supposed to research. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are experiences. You know exactly what I'm going to say. I, and it yeah. ties into actually what I, I, yeah. I was going to say. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, an example. Yeah. Um, and this just so that, you know, this is self-indicting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, my showrunner asked me to write something about a character that um, a black character that is very working class. I grew up working poor. And it's it's always going to be in me. It's always going to be who I am. It's not who I am now. And I understood enough about the importance of the character to know that it would be really presumptuous of me to dive into this character as if I know who this person is right now. And so I was like, all right, I'll be back. And I went and I took a walk and, you know, listen, you go to film lots, 
the people of color are usually going to be the support staff. And so because I'm also excited when I see other people of color in these situations because you never see other people of color. I'm the person that I know the I know the security guards. I know the people working in the in the the in the the commissary. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't know that word. <laughs> uh that's what I don't know. Uh so I literally went and like talked to one of the security guards and was just like, "Yo, so how about this, this, and this? Like, it's sometimes the research is just a conversation. Sometimes it's just treating people like people because people want to tell their stories. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And I had to take that time and actually go hear someone else's story. And then I was like, all right, I get it. And I brought it back to the page. So, you know, that that research... It's it's on everyone's mm-hmm. plate, not just white writers. I, as a black writer, I have to do it too. Everyone has to do it. Well, in that example, it, 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 it's a it's at least a half a step easier for you to do that research, though. Otherwise, you're like Don Draper in the pilot for Mad Men, who's like the the, 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 the waiter comes over, the black waiter, and he's like, "No, no, no, I want to I want to listen to your thoughts about right. cigarettes." <laughs> right. You know, like I'm gonna well, go and like find. A... Yeah. Well, but so here's. What's wrong with that? Well, I mean, what's what, there's nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a half a step harder. I mean, it's like I you 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 might but, literally. I'm curious. Did you literally like open the conversation by 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 saying exactly what you were doing, or were you just like you're just talking to people? Where did you say like I'm writing about this and that? Uh, and... I started the conversation with. So listen, I have to write this shit, and I don't really remember the nuances of this and i want to make sure that it's real that it's right that it's honest Mm -hmm. see okay so what i was going to say is that my worry for stuff like that is that i uh i get very wary because like (laughs) you know you don't want dan Harmon running out into the streets uh interviewing people (laughs) well what i don't want is for white people to think it's okay to have an all right white staff and write an entire show that's about people of color you know, like, well, but there's two different issues we're talking mm-hmm. about here. What you're talking about is how to how to avoid getting in this situation. What I'm talking mm-hmm. about is the hundreds of writers that are in this situation. Yeah. Also, we should probably delineate. It's a very different thing. Um, you know, television always starts with um, one writer um, uh, writing from their heart and their mm-hmm. mind and their passion, mm-hmm. um, even if they're adapting something. So it, as a, po- and once you, then, then the first thing you do is you staff. So, you yeah. know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't staff an all white room, uh, if you're, well, <laughs> and also, you shouldn't. <laughs> and, and, and e- even then, and this is the other thing about staffing, because, you know, you, I, I've gone from, like I said, a, a an all black show where the showrunner is, is one showrunner was white and the room assistant was white. Everyone else was black. Um, and then, you know, the shows have become more racially diverse into now I'm the only black person in the building. And I think that there's, you know, it's not just about staffing the room. Who are the writer's assistants? Who are the room assistants? Who are the PAs? Because those people are the ones who are in line to get the jobs. So you got to start entire staff. Do you have people of color in the in the world, in the ethos? Because that also informs the show. You have a, a, a one of the a great moment that I loved. Um, I walk past the 
wardrobe. <laughs> I walk past the wardrobe uh, room for This Is Us, and one of the seamstress who's fucking amazing, uh, I heard her saying, oh, yeah, black people don't wear that. She's she's the seamstress, but she knows that. And she could inform the, the wardrobe stylist so that they could get that right. So it's not just about, yes, 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 you want more writers in the room, but also you want more people of color in the world, in the experience, because that makes it more honest. Mm-hmm. It yeah, can, you want your you want everybody who's present to be reflective of the world yeah. that we all live in. Yes. It kind of sounds like I mean, it sounds like in terms of when you're working alone, when you're when you're yeah. ben, ben Franklin out there flying your kite, um what you're saying where we're where we're intersecting and on the same page is mm-hmm. be Norman Lear as opposed to um I don't know what the alternative example is in the in, in 70s terminology. Like Norman Lear is saying, "I'm white." There's too many white people on TV. Mm-hmm. That means there's stories here that will feel authentic. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be my stories, but here I am, mm-hmm. the guy who can get any show greenlit. Mm-hmm. So I give you this show about a black family. I give you this show mm-hmm. about a Latino family. Uh, um, the the uh, I, I and I and I I would assume that then if he was sitting here, um, he 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 would say, yeah, you have to you you you're walking into a minefield there because you could you could actually become. Part of the problem, blundering into that and going like, I'm going to dance as with wolves this, like I'm mm-hmm. the great white uh, hero that's going to like uh, bring this, this light as opposed to doing what you're suggesting, which is approach this like the craft that it is. You wouldn't write a sci-fi story if you didn't without reading something yeah. about outer space. Um, so. Anything you're going to put your name on, you got to respect it and you're going to respect it enough, hopefully, to know what you're talking about on the page. So you treat... You treat your characters the same way that you're going to treat your plot points. You 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 got to make them honest and and make them real, and that requires sometimes some research. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just makes your script better. But I hear you. If you're that guy that's just in his living room and you have a you have an idea and you're writing, you're specking your pilot, and you just you have a passion. And if you genuinely, first of all, look at the world that you're writing. Be honest about the world, and this is and this goes back to uh, the tokenism of it. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. Um, we are conditioned to uh, to sort of streamline our world. Nobody walks out of their house paying attention to everything. You can't. You wouldn't get anything done. You wouldn't get anywhere. So we are conditioned to notice the things that matter to us. What happens is is that if you only have people of one experience in your world that's what you're conditioned to listen to that means everything else is filtered out so then when you go to as writers our jobs are to create the world right Mm -hmm. to make the world real and round and whole the only thing that comes to mind is what you know because you filtered out everything else in real life that also means that when you're in a room and there's one lone black writer, you're conditioned to ignore the sound of black people's voices, hmm. of people of color's voices. Because out in the world, you're sitting in a, in a mall just eating a burger. You're tuning them out. Right. So if you start to pay attention more to the world around you, you can put it on the page. 
And this is also like what you're describing is also why there is no such thing as a true meritocracy when it comes to hiring practices. No. Because if everybody at the top is this white guy who lived in a white world and surrounds himself with white things. Yes. Like even if you took the name off of the script, the point of view is going to feel alien to him and he's yes. not going to relate to it. And therefore, he's not going to be like, that's who I want in this writer's room writing my show. Right. And then or what happens is and and I've been. I have been really lucky to, for the most part, skirt this. Um, I think that's also just because I, I I won't let this happen to me. But what I know has happened to a lot of my Black writer friends is that when you do get into the room, you either have to shrink yourself and be the smallest, most malleable version of them, or you have to be the assimilated version of yourself. Neither is good. As, as a human being, that's not a good existence, but that also means that you can't bring your wealth of knowledge and who you are to the room. And you're supposed to bring your, in the words of, of Bozoma St. John, uh, Bo- uh, mispronouncing, uh, Boz, uh, bring your whole self. That As a writer, you've hired me. You've hired all of my experiences. You've hired what I know. Let me bring all of that to the room. But again, if the people at the top are used to filtering that out, it makes for a shitty experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if they don't want to be, they don't want the light shine on the fact that that is their their narrow perspective. Because then it goes back to the self-defense. Yes. I have to acknowledge that I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's, you know, it's this, please, for the love of God, can I just have a job kind of Mm -hmm. thing? Because it's so hard to get... Um, to get in. Yeah, and, but if, and, if, if if it if you think it's hard for you, how do you think exactly. it's hard for me? No, that's why. I, that's how you what think it's hard for Michelle. I'm speculating yeah. about that because I'm going like that's I'm I'm agreeing with what you're saying about like that's what that's the trouble I've always had with this idea of representation in the writers' room, like where it breaks down is. If you, because there's basically half men and half women. Apologies to our non-binary listeners. That you can you can actually just mathematically go. Let's hire half women, half men, and then on a gender uh, in the gender aspect, you've achieved like this very base level like balance mm-hmm. and representation. Now you have a diverse room. But 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 now when we when we, then we take this step deeper into like background and point of view and stuff, and it's like there's no way to take 10 people and that's yeah. a really expensive show that has 10 writers so you're going to take 10 people and what are you going to make 1.3 of them latino and you're going to make <laughs> right. sure it's a, it, that that star trek idea of uh we have our uhura and we have our chekhov and we have our sulu um it 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 fucks over i would imagine i'm i'm dan explaining this the the, the <laughs> it it fucks over every individual writer who then is either as you said it's a, they're either they either become a robot version of themselves, like the assimilated version, or they are the, something else they don't want to be, which is an ambassador to fucking Asian people, mm-hmm. or that, like like who wants to? They're not that in their day to day life. That's not their point of view. They're, they're you know representing whether or not you know and and having everyone look at them and ask them, uh, is this joke about uh, China funny? You know, like like it it. it I can't imagine what that's like. I literally can't imagine. Yeah, because well, we we don't I'm... get to use one hundred percent of our brain to do our jobs because we have to do all these other things too. Like at the same time, whereas like the white guys in the room get to just be get to be themselves effortlessly and get to just focus on making jokes if they want to. You know, so that's where this and thing... it's lonely. 
Yes. yes. As as a, just again as a human being, it's lonely. It's not that's it's and and it's funny because even with my show and and you know, I actually I love my my showrunner. He is is empowering enough to listen to me on this. Um, but even just like I said, being the only black person in the room, that's lonely. I because again, no one else shares my experiences. No one else there's there's no one to look across the room with and share an unspoken joke, or or you know like mm-hmm. it, it's it's alienating. This brings up a, 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 a segue, but it w- when you're when you're in that position, are there uh, how does this work with uh, are there there characters on the show that are there awkward moments of like. Oh, Jazz is going to write for this character. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the uh, cast is or what. what the, I'm the... a little. I I think I'm a little atypical in that. Like, listen, I, I, I fucking love being black. I do, and and I will. You, you wear it well. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I do. I love it, and because of that. Um, I want to, and also I'm a TV kid. I'm a film kid. Like this is, this is informed so much of who I am my entire life. So I'm the person that like, one, I'm excited to be in the room, but also I'm in the room as me. So I walk into any room and I'm like, where are the black people? Hey, this is the whitest scene I've ever seen. Like, this is the what I'm that person Mm -hmm. from jumps. No one has Mm -hmm. to ask me. So I I do tend to take more ownership of uh, the minority characters because I want to see me because I've grown up my whole life being able to. I I had the, the joy of growing up during the the raping and silent Cosby era. So, like, I knew the Cosby show. I knew a different world. I knew a fresh prince. I I got to see myself on so many different levels from every class level, from every experience that I walk into the room now thinking if I have to look at that, you know, this page and say, hey, there's a 10 year old girl out there watching that. Is she going to see herself? Is she going to get it? So I I carry that into the room. And that's the advice I would give to writers of color. If you get into this room, come into this room as your whole self from day one. Because then you set that expectation. Because if you start pursuing the fear of of, of like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to be the sore thumb. I don't want to stick out. I don't want to. Then you're. you're, You're in a. There's ten people in that room. You can't help but stick out. <laughs> like, like it's it's, and you're there to stick out. It's not you're being hired for what you know, what you bring to the table. Bring it to the table. Yeah, and that's not to say that there aren't shitty showrunners who are forced, of course, who are forced by the network to like do a diversity hire, and it's like. Well, let uh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, but let and let, let let's t- make this a teachable moment yeah. and say mm-hmm. again. Sometimes we're addressing the seven people in our audience that are going to be showrunners <laughs> one day. But 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 th- what's really important about this is is it there there are I, I respect like the proactive like in a world where there's so much momentum and someone's got to do something. I really thought I thought the NBC diversity program was it, it's like what else can you do like mm-hmm. the, the 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 and I I guess I would say to white. Writers, it was like 
listen to what jazz is saying um from and and and, and should you end up in the luxurious position of like staffing a a, a show and it and it and it then it comes down to this diversity hire stuff these uncomfortable conversations absolutely make sure that what you that, that you're not you're not not having the conversation can that, i back up can i back up yeah yeah don't wait to the diversity hire to hire diversely right by the time you get to your diversity hire which always tends to be towards the end of the list yeah you should already be diverse if you are getting to the the diversity hire and you have no people of of color no lgbt writer you've done it wrong that's that's the the big problem because how you end up with the lone writer in the room is waiting to the diversity thing. Mm-hmm. That's where you 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 can save yourself is don't wait for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone shouldn't have to tell you, "Oh, mm-hmm. consider other writers." Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess what I was getting towards was it it understanding that there that in in terms of writers rooms like it may be different like maybe at a fucking hospital like like mm-hmm. like let's make sure that there are that there's diversity in our hospital staff and it's like it almost is a pedantic like thing but like is this a creative job mm-hmm. we're stuck in a room together and mm-hmm. our job is to create entertainment for p- potentially a global audience so actually thinking about diversity i think i think white people at least definitely my age mm-hmm. um like before you even know it, you're in this mental trap where you're thinking about it as uh, quota mm-hmm. uh, stuff and, and other things, as opposed to this is an opportunity yeah. to defeat Alex's problem. Right. Uh, like, 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 like I, I, I get to make new friends and make my show better. Yeah. I am going to have people come on to my staff that um, that I, I don't that I, I make. I may have tuned out if I heard them talking behind me at an mm-hmm. Orange Julius, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. And yeah. I, you know, I haven't taken that approach um, yet because I went from Community to Rick and Morty. I was, I was always obsessive about diversity on Community, but then um, it, it it wasn't. It was a you know, I don't want to say it was a different time and like blame the environment, but it was like. You guys hired a lot of friends. It, well, that became like the th- well, the way to survive was like I can't read any more fucking scripts and meet these people and then like, and then have it just be random whether or not the season has me up till three in the morning. So yeah, I I I eventually came up with the solution of like every time someone worked on American Dad with Chris McKenna and we hire him, the the odds of them working out shoot up by like forty percent. It's such a champagne problem. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, and for white uh, the other white pe the other nine white people in the room with the lone like writer of color like you can also even if you're not the showrunner you can support that person like you can back them up and you can you can be the one to be the PC police once in a while too you know and you can offer them support and you can try to like see things from their perspective as well like the option isn't just to like like your only option isn't to just sit back and and watch them fight this like lonely battle. I also Which, feel like by the way sucks. Yeah. It it sucks. It it's it's, it's the worst to it have is. to speak yeah. up and say you, because the first time you do it they they respect it. But the second time you do it they're yeah. annoyed by it. By they're the like, hey, fifth, I they're like this we gave you that first one. Yeah, yeah, by the fifth or sixth time what you are fighting for is equally as true as the first time, but then you become the person that's digging in yeah. or mm-hmm. you become the person that's like derailing. Oh, yeah. You're the police. And, yeah. and that sucks. That that's again, it's alienating mm-hmm. in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very guilty of that. 
like I, I just framing in my head this idea of like I would say I'd say to the cast, you know, anybody have a problem with the with the scripts? Uh, come come up to my office. I don't want to be that kind of showrunner. You know, Yvette Nicole Brown comes up to my office. Um, we've told this story on panels. She was like, "You have me shitting in a drawer." Yeah. Um, you told the story on this podcast. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, Tell and, it to and, me. And, and uh, Yvette Nicole Brown is she's black. Um, yes, I, I know who she is. The, the, I, uh, there are only so many of them. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, imagine how offensive it would be if I was <laughs> I, like, no, no, no. You, you I, know I, Yvette. I, thank you. Yes. Um, you see her at your credit union. Where the, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I use a bank like everyone else. Continue. <laughs> the um, she came up to my she. She took me at my word and, mm-hmm. and took me up on that offer and came up to my office mm-hmm. when she saw the script and said, you know, there's this gag here where, like, my character, because she's um, uh, channeling her own divorce frustrations through this other character, um, she's kind of losing her mind and she she wants to vandalize this woman's office that, mm-hmm. that she's decided is the enemy of her friend kind of complicated but but just setting the 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 punchline of it is that she's like pulling down her pants and is about to take a shit in the in the in the in the, in the drawer. person's drawer and Yvette's going like I I don't I you, you can't have Shirley shit in someone's drawer and I'm like why not and I wasn't and and, and she's like well I look I as a black woman I and I, and I remember in my head going like 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 klaxons mm-hmm. like 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 as a mm-hmm. black woman oh okay all right and and it's so true what you just described like i i was so proud of myself for giving it to her mm-hmm. you know like I, I i was like well i'll tell you what if that uh, if I can figure out with the writers a better way, yeah, uh, that's just as funny. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like I'm cautioning her, like a, yeah. this isn't going to be about compromising. You know, it's like like I'm like I'm the president or something, mm-hmm. and I'm like hearing the black caucus or something, and like, and 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 then for that reason, like not even in, not even in spite of that, but f- but because of that, it's like it's true. I, I really, you know, I, you you have. Uh, uh, indicted yourself in this podcast, and I want to be, you know, honest about my crimes. Like I, like I, I, I would resent her, like yeah. f- the, the 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 then furthermore when she would um, bring something up. Like, so I would go like I would think in my head, and I should have just said it out loud because then we could have had the conversation. But I, 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 I was thinking in my head I, like I'm, I'm digging this Dan Harmon. That's like really <laughs> like no seriously. Mm-hmm. That's like yo, this is my shit, and I'm working through that because that's where that's what everybody needs to do. That's what that's what we all should do. So thank you. Um, let me ask you this though: the 3 a.m. You just got to get these scripts done. Uh, you just got to you want to hire someone that, you know, is plug and play to just make this shit easier. Um, you gave somebody something once you feel great about it. You don't want to see them back in your office again. All of these things are byproducts of something that you're doing for free or you're well paid well, as the showrunner. Well paid. Something that is an easy position to get or privileged. Uh, wait. What's the difference? Can anybody can anybody become a showrunner? Oh, oh, no, no, no. uh, You have to be super talented. (laughs) Okay, and but (laughs) also probably white. I'll give it to you. (laughs) Not even that, but also chosen. Right. Any Mm -hmm. like you said, of your listeners, maybe seven will maybe become showrunners. I think my point is, 
is that regardless of how hard and taxing and soul crushing it can be, it is still a gift. Mm -hmm. And if you attack it as I have been entrusted Mm -hmm. with not only this incredibly large check, but it is to make believe and be able to show it to millions of people. That's a gift. And so to attack it as I'm going to do this in a way that is only easier for me and maybe detrimental for everyone else out there is shitting on the gift that you've been given. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I get that in every sense, even outside the context we're talking about. Yeah. I was a spoiled child. I, I, I began – the reason I was having that conversation with her is because I was on that page – my first few weeks of work, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. going and gets then the tough. Real, and then the yeah, because, the real. Yeah. because as privileged yeah. as a showrunner is, they are they're they're having lunches with fucking lobotomized, yes. like I- insane yes. Death Star employees. Yes, they're, they and and then the shit starts to hit the fan, and then and then the and then you start to excuse yourself, and, and the power starts to accumulate. Mm-hmm. You start it's it's mm-hmm. just power corrupts you, and at the same time as power is corrupting you. Everything is not going right yeah. for you. It's yeah. not it's it's like yeah. you're you you feel like you're at war with yeah. the world and then oh this fucking right. actor wants right. wants their blocking to be more black. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm. I'm at war here yeah. with mm-hmm. bad television. So yeah, it's but I I, I you are absolutely and, 100% and correct. That part of it what you just described is very real. And and I want to I always try and think about the version of me before I ever set foot in a writer's room and what I thought to be true. And so I never want to ever make it seem like this shit is easy. It's not. I I have never... I came from production. Um, I know what it's like to be a PA in 17 degrees and your job is to just simply stop traffic, but there is no traffic because it's 17 <laughs> degrees. Like, I, I know those those challenges. There is nothing harder than the showrunner's job. It, you're, you're, the, you're the center of the circus. So I never want to say, oh, that's easy. I, I understand everything that I've just said is, is effort. But the question's got to be, is it worth it? To put that effort in. And mm-hmm. it is because ultimately what it translates is a better show and a better audience, a, a, a more inclusive audience. Mm-hmm. So ultimately that's what it's for. Yeah. And I, th- I my advice would be to anybody that that, you know, is, is headed that direction, finds himself there. It's like your bosses are always going to be. They're all, they're never going to understand perfect television. They're not going to see eye to eye with you. So it's going to yeah. be very easy for you to start to feel like a victim. Um, and and you just gotta like I I just let I, I my biggest crime was I I just I just like as the seasons went on, culminating in my firing. Like I I was like 
I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't mm-hmm. believe like uh, NBC and Sony don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no one gives a fuck about them. The audience doesn't give a fuck about them. The writers in your writers' room don't want to hear about the fucking network and the studio, honestly. And I, I you know, it, it, it. So if I if I had to do all over again, and yeah, and therefore my advice to, to anybody else is like, you know, you, you working in TV if you're lucky for this job that for which you should be grateful. It's it entails working underneath corporations and shitheads, mm-hmm. and that if that's going to be your excuse to be a um, uh, a to, to to overlook the details of your army, uh, cut the corners in your operations, then then you you got to change something. You have to fucking breathe in the morning, or or I, I, I decide that your show doesn't have to be that good. <laughs> like, well, it- it's 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 the price of admission. It's the universal tax. The the higher the the gift, the bigger the tax. So if you know you don't want to pay that tax, then you got to go do something else. But you're always going to have to pay, regardless of what your job is. Whether you're a mechanic and you have to deal with the entitled customer, or you're a showrunner and you have to deal with the network that you don't necessarily agree with or that's, you know, putting pressures on you or whatever that is, it's the tax. This is what comes with it. Mm-hmm. You got to add that to the tax. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're a showrunner and you're like, you know what, I just don't that's just not something I care about and I don't care to do like meaning put in the extra effort for diversity and to be more inclusive and to be to have your work be more reflective of the entire world that we live in, like you don't get to pretend that you're not complicit in a racist system and you don't get to pretend that you're a progressive good person. Like you just are a person who is OK with with knowing that things are unfair and skewed uh, towards you and advantaged uh, in your uh, or skewed for your advantage um, and that you don't care to change it, that you're OK with that and you're happy with it. Also, you know. Showrunners care about their shows, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like that's that's because it takes so much of your life. You have to care about it, and I think if you um, look at it like this is again, this is something that's going to make my show actually better. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes less of a you know laborious thing. You're you're. It's just a part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a real quick break. Question number 91 for the army. Ah, so you can't do a pull-up. Welcome to the club, mate. I can do squats for days, but just couldn't crack a pull-up. But no one's a full package when they arrive. So you all muck in. Your mates take you out for some extra training. Got my first pull-up in a week. They're absolute legends. The army is recruiting now. To have your questions answered and find where you belong, search Army Jobs. Well, I did something that maybe this is just a diversion, but um, what what are your plans, Jazz? Are you do you do you ever see yourself like uh, in that throne, or are you is that Hopefully. not for you, or do you do you have like a box of spec pilots, or what's the ambition there? Uh, yeah, definitely to um, create my own series. Um, I write features as well, uh, so I want to do more of that. I'm um, also direct. Mm-hmm. For the yeah. last 45 minutes, I've been fantasizing about how wonderful it would be to be in a room run by jazz. 
<laughs> or to have her on staff. I mean, when, when, yeah. See, I, this is where you and I differ because I see the woman of color in power, and you don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I don't, you know, want to oversell myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a crazy writer like everybody else. But um, yeah, I want to, I want to tell uh, my stories and stories of people I know and and things that interest me. Um, and hopefully, you know, when that day comes, I will learn from people like you and, and, and make the process my own, but also, you know, keep all of this in mind because diversity isn't just black and diversity, diversity doesn't just mean Latino diversity, you know, um, well, yeah, you're going to have to respect the whiny white point of view from your your one white writer. Yeah. Oh, I'd, love, I'd love to run a staff with a token white writer <laughs> just so I can dismiss all of their ideas and get mad when they police like my cracker stereotype character. <laughs> um, I will say this. I will try very hard to respect my show and respect my <laughs> So I just think the character of I think the character of Gary is being sidelined in a lot of these B stories. Oh yeah, Gary. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so something I wanted to jump back to yeah. when we were talking earlier about um, doing the research to to create char- characters that are uh, characters of color. Mm-hmm. If you are a white person, you know, mm-hmm. doing the research and all that stuff. Like the reason I was like a little bit wary of all of that is because we've had several discussions on this show about the show Confederate on HBO and like yes I'm sick of talking about it but we're talking about it again Um, it is the single subject that is most written in about to this day which is crazy to me um and uh well you know wait, why what's, right? what's yeah. the single uh, subject most written about confederate the show yeah. or yes, confederate the show slavery. like specifically confederate the show okay. because okay. we we spent we spent a good chunk of our third episode talking about it and i said like you know some stories are not for you are not yours to tell mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. you have to respect that mm-hmm. and then when we had Brittany nichols on who's also a black writer mm-hmm. um and she you know she 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 felt the same way and like and but still to this day people write in only white people, by the way, only white people write in, like, defending it and saying, like, you know, you get the, the you run the gamut of, like, we'll give it a chance, blah, blah, blah. But the other, the other uh, thing that is what makes me squirrely about this whole discussion was uh, a lot of people write in and say, like, well, what if these two guys are Civil War buffs? Or what if they did all of their research right. on slavery? Then, like, why can't they, like, are you trying to tell me that people can only write stories when it's about people that are the same color as them? You know, and it's... So that that's kind of what. The... All right, let me offer this disclaimer first. Mm-hmm. One, I have not read Confederate, not um, at all. So I don't know what the show actually is. I'm just simply going off of the logline in the press release. Which, if you could refresh my memory, because it a lot of life has happened between yeah, the yes. years since that yes. logline. So the logline is uh, basically if the South had won the Civil War, and ah. we are in present day, we are in modern America where slavery is legal but corporate uh, privatized. So basically, this is set in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I think one. Timing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just be completely honest. Last year was was uh, 
a big brush against the the grain for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a world where MAGA is that how you, I've never actually said it out loud. <laughs> I just I tried guess. to take a you, stab at you. Don't wear it well. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Let me, let me tell you, uh, where you know, in in the Make America Great Again society, um, as a person of color, I don't want to see that because I wake up every day wondering if I'm going to see that mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. That's that's first and foremost. Um, there's timing for my when I moved back out here from New York, I wrote a a, a spec based on. Uh, my experience, my five years working in the music industry. It was Empire six months before Empire. Timing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do shit with it. It's, it's, I don't know for sure, but I'm willing to bet you people would have been pissed. They wouldn't have been as pissed if this had not happened in a time where our real lives. Mm-hmm feel very threatened Mm -hmm. Um, because the bigger question isn't just, is it my story to tell, but should this story be told? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, do we really need to see a world where people of color are still enslaved, especially when people of color are in many ways working poor is slavery. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the bigger thing is it's not just is this my story to tell, but should you be telling this story? Does the world need to actually see that? And that's where I feel like it was a bit tone deaf because it's not just about your experience, but also now you're going to tell the experience of people. And if you're really dialed into those people, then you would understand we don't need to see this right now Mm -hmm. because of what we're living within ourselves. So the problem with it wasn't the white people writing it. It was the white people thinking that the black people wanted to see it. Yeah. Or if it's not even made for black people. That's the other thing, too. Oh, is that if who it's is the not audience? made... Well, who hold is the on, audience but for hold this? On, but hold yeah. on, but hold on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but hold on. But hold on. It's just a wish fulfillment for the HBO Liz, subscriber. Yes. Jeeves, come along. Yeah. We, we're late for the uh, Bridge Club. Because I... I, I don't think that's who it's made for. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a whole nother problem. Like that, yes, that's totally. Yes, yeah. but, well, I, know, yeah. so I, I would wager a guess that, I don't even know why I want to do this, but I would say, <laughs> so I, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, look, the, 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 the wire, like, like, mm-hmm. I, 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 but, but, but notably the, the common joke is that white people love the wire and black people don't necessarily as much, but. Uh, I absolutely love the wire. Um, one of the reasons why I think a lot of black people didn't get into the wire is the pace of it. Mm-hmm. It 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 crawls at that D- uh, David Simon yeah. snail's pace. It's hard to get into it, but once you're in, you're yeah. Like, I think that yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, making yeah, yeah. the point that I'm sure these 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 guys who mm-hmm. who who I've met and who are big fans of Rick and Morty, so mm-hmm. genuflecting. Um, <laughs> the... I, I like 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 that. Yeah, it's like it's like a perfect storm of of leading to a party foul. That 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 I think that the time has changed so rapidly over the last few years. I I would be my speculation would be this has been an idea they wanted to do for, for eight us, years. By the way. Um, and that they thought it was going to be like this amazing, like you know, Tremaine, yeah. like 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 right. like like oh, a cast of amazing like. 
the the and just to explain white explain one more thing which is <laughs> wha, wha, is that the same as dansplaining yeah pretty much okay. <laughs> well dansplaining co- combines mansplaining and white splaining yeah, got it yeah. and and yeah but um the i think the reason why you have so many emails coming in about this topic is because it's the one thing that we've talked about that really gets to the heart of the 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 white anxiety about these issues and the um and the white um, unconsciousness, because uh, I, 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 I don't want to use the word ignorance because it sounds pejorative. But white people are feeling marginalized. They, they're fe- they're feeling they're feeling out of control for the first yes. time, and nothing sums that up better than an Asian woman on a podcast saying, "I haven't, I, I, this show shouldn't exist. It should be banned, it, 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 even though we've never seen it and read it." And so they're they're they with the best of intentions, I think, like or they they just logic. And we've talked about this before. Where it's like I think that what I'm realizing is that. White people, because they 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 have the luxury of thinking of nitpicking about logic and slippery slopes. Because yeah. they're, they're like, which, by I, the way, I will not respond to if you hit me on Twitter about it. What about what? I, I don't. Just a general disclaimer that I'm putting out there. I don't respond to angry white people hitting me about with the things with, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and also <laughs> I, I also don't believe that it's with the best of intentions. No. I believe that it's with the most selfish of intentions because it's all about what about what I want. I should have everything. That's the intention behind the arguments that these people make. I think it's a little well. It's, uh, I, I think I think the human element of it. If we could look at it, if we could yeah. try to find yeah. an objective universe. Yeah human element yes. it's when you're in a pool and you're learning to tread water in in gym and um and and that panic sets in when your feet aren't touching the the floor and you just have this instinct mm-hmm. to paddle mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and the and the lifeguard instructor tells you don't you know you have to be trained to rescue someone who's drowning because they will grab you yeah they will be your best friend and they will grab you and they will dunk your head underwater and stand on it in order to stay alive and they won't even know what they're doing because they're like They've never experienced the sensation before. They're panicked. They just want to get to a place where they're back in control. And 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 if we could just accept, you know, it's like, that doesn't mean that we have to like, you know, say to these people who are emailing you like, oh, you're such a wonderful person. I'm just saying like, it's you know, you don't want to live in a world where you actually think that those people are are hearing a podcast and then thinking, how do I get, how do I prove this bitch wrong? How do I how do I get what's mine? I think it's more like they're just going. Uh, I, I, can we adjust the air conditioning? Yeah. It's getting a little less white in here. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is, I no longer have patience for these. people. Well, that's fine. You know? That's fine. Like that's what I'm because saying. because they no longer have. They, they don't even. Yeah. They're not even entering the picture with any patience. So you, you don't have to demonstrate <laughs> patience. But I would say, I would say to those people, um, because what do you I, mean, those people? The the oh, boy. Oh, sorry, sorry. That you're talking I just always about. wanted to say that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I would. Uh, Say honestly, you know, listen, none of us have been here before. We are literally all doing this for the very first time. And I think that when you are, again, treading, remember that the person that you're grabbing on to for dear life is also treading. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important to again this goes back to seeing everyone as people because if that person who has that sensation has seen other people as human beings and not just the enemy or the help 
or the person that I don't have to consider what they're going through, um, then you'll be less likely to come and attack. It might be a form of a patient question. You might actually get an answer that way. You might actually get help that way. But if you only see the world through your lens and you have no sort of perspective. Perspective is the only superpower. It changes everything. But if you only have your perspective, then you don't see Michelle as a human being going through her own experience. And then you attack her and say, but wait a minute, you blah, blah, blah. How could you say blah, blah, blah? It never even occurs to you. Maybe she is coming from a different experience and doesn't need to see this in her world. Gonna... You got to see people as people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. it's it's sort of like it, it, it as a person who is like 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 who is terrified of swimming. Like I really feel like this metaphor holds up because it's a good metaphor. Because Cody, Cody, like is this like little tadpole, and we were in uh, uh, where the fuck were we? Uh, where's the place? Fiji, and uh, and I, I I I got out too deep, and I was like panicking, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I'm swimming and I, I feel like I'm not moving. And then Cody's coming up and like what you're talking about, like I was thinking about this this metaphor because it's like the people that are maybe maybe if you don't go as far as you're thrashing and they're trying to rescue you, it's just them talking to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You start yelling at them. I'm not going to say you, me. I start yelling at Cody. Like, I got like I, I, I'm like I'm like angry at her because I'm terrified and she's telling me everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. You don't get it. You don't understand. You know, it's like it, it, it's like this lizard brain, yeah. this child that's just like, uh, if you if you're telling me to chill, then that means that you're wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's use that same metaphor. In July, uh, my nephew came out here. I I flew him out from Chicago. I took him to Malibu to see the ocean for the very first time. And he's like, I want to get in the water. Let's go out to this rock that seemed in theory that we should be able to just walk out. (laughs) So my brother goes out to the rock and my brother's a swim instructor. So he just, you know, flew out there. I'm walking with my nephew who is 12. He's He's a little guy. And as we're walking, we both just, I guess, hit a divot and lose our footing at the exact same time. We both instantly go under. Except I'm 5'9", he's 12, and very much not. And so his go under is not my go under. So even though I have lost my footing as well, my instinct is to grab him. And the higher I'm pushing him up, the lower it's pulling me under. And in that moment, I literally thought to myself, if I die here, as long as I hold this kid above the water, I'm okay. There's using your metaphor. Mm -hmm. If you only care about yourself, you see everybody else in the water as a threat. Mm -hmm. If you actually care about other people, then you'll understand when is a time to help, when is a time to panic, and when is a time to just chill the fuck out. Because your body floats, right? And you'll make it. Like you're not, you're not like swimming. It's not sink or swim. (laughs) Those guys from Confederate sold a show to HBO. They're in a better position to sell a second one. So you hitting her about being upset about not getting this show or you blah, blah, blah. That's not a real problem. Yeah. 
The yeah, and the other argument people make is that they have two black writers who are doing the project with mm-hmm. them. I met them; they're lovely. Yeah, and so like that's the other argument too is that like how can you say like that you're against the show when there are black writers on it? Well, that's that's a straw dog. <laughs> I, like, like, well, the answer is because they didn't create the show. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and by contrast, I mean you, 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 you're the one I talked about Aaron Magruder, um, do, do, like. You know, yeah, do, doing it's. Yeah, he, doing, I mean, that was a, that was a mic drop on Amazon's part because mm-hmm. two. It was like two weeks after like mm-hmm. the HBO. Not even two weeks, yeah. right? It was. It was crazy. that same it was week. So that close. was Will yeah, Packer. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. by the way, boom. it was incredible. But it yeah. was Will Packer. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah. So so so. Let, but let's reconcile because yeah. I think that um, you know, Jessica, you were saying like, oh, well, when Jazz is talking about this like Zen like emp- empathic like approach to writing other human beings mm-hmm. re- you know but you know and you're you know not to put words in your mouth but your your thought was oh god don't let other people hear this and justify yeah, this yeah. Other thing. very valid yeah very very yes. valid because but, obviously yeah, wanna... i'm all for like th- this empathic way of like Empath- really like empathy like that's the that's the the foundation of everything of being human and like understanding other people you know and so of course like that is the way to like write characters but and empathy, like make them feel real empathy applies between yeah. it's it's one human feeling another uh, understanding another connecting to another and um it's notable that we're talking about because you mentioned it before like there's a difference between that and world building like like mm-hmm. like like the the worlds that you inhabit. I mean that, that, that there's like I, I don't know. I guess I lost it. It's I just think that's kind of interesting. Like the difference between like well, your writer. If you're a writer, you're God. You're mm-hmm. kind of creating mm-hmm. a world that's on a blank. A, yeah, page. that's what it is. And so a good God, um, a loving God would like create characters that he would understand or she. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, has to be either or. <laughs> no, Just no, to be clear. No in between in this world. <laughs> right, right to Jessica at waitingwongs at gmail.com. If you, if you believe that there are more than two genders, let her have it. Um, uh, that bus came quickly. <laughs> I'm not, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I keep, I keep joking about my, my, I, I, I'm often joking about the, the, the trans thing because, but that doesn't mean that I think it's a joke. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm being glib about it, but you know what I mean? Okay. Um, like I'm making fun of myself. The, the, um, but, um, yeah, a God, God, like, 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 feel, you know, like that, that, you know, like inhabits his characters and goes like, okay, this, this person that I created, like, I want them to be real. So it, 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 but there's, there's ironically something weird, there's something weirdly different about going, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story about the 1920s in, on the South side of Chicago. So mm-hmm. like you have to do all this academic research then into the, into mm-hmm. the background and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, God damn it. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's, it's after the break, I'm on my second drink. <laughs> Uh, I, to me, it comes if we have to distill it down. My response would be, um, you know, when you sit down with an idea, you first gotta ask yourself, does the world need this? And if the idea is based on um, the experience of people other than yourself, then it might behoove you to ask some of those people. 
hey, how do you feel about this? Take a litmus test. Like, you know, again, use the public because they're who you're going to have to service anyway. Ask, Mm -hmm. are you are you interested in that? And I wonder how many people they asked and how many people said yes or no. And if they still are cool with them now like that. Yeah. And also don't ask people who work for you. Yeah. Don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ask people with nothing to lose. with No stakes in it. Yeah. That, you know, that are just genuinely going to come home from work and turn it on. Yeah. Don't ask people who's. Uh livelihood depends on yeah, you. <laughs> because well, those people are lying to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the story of my life. And I, 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 it, it may be the next lifetime before I ever graduate to like being able to a- approach strangers and connect with them. Otherwise, I, I, that, that may be not, not, not the case with you, Jazz, or mm-hmm. you, Jessica, but that I feel like that's the reason I became a TV writer is because I'm incapable of connection on that level. <laughs> I, can't, I can't look across uh, an airplane aisle at, at another at a stranger and and like humanize them i can only think of them as a god or a monster uh, that 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 Dan, can yes bro. I, i'll try Ooh, that was incredible i mean <laughs> Just so you know, that was Jessica making that ooze sound. Jazz doesn't spike her own football like that. <laughs> no, I mean that that excuse would have worked had I not listened to you lay all your bullshit out for the world to judge and say, "Hey, I did something really fucked up, and now I have to do better." So now you've lost that excuse. You've gained respect. But you've lost the excuse of, I don't know how to do this. This The whole purpose, I could be at my house right now. I'm here right now because I'm hopefully going to share something with the world that somehow makes it better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all of us. If we rely on the, I can't do that, then we're wasting our time. Grow. We all have to learn how to do things differently. Grow. That's the whole point of all this. Hopefully, by the time my 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 nephew is a filmmaker, he's it's just in him. You can see it. By the time he gets into this business, I hope that we are not still dealing with this in this same way. But everyone will have had to grow. Not me. I'm retiring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, like so thoughtful, so, so, so insightful. Really amazing. I hope that one day Dan works for you. (laughs) (laughs) I would. I would. I would. I would fucking believe me. That's my fantasy. (laughs) To to like do a nine to five job and be like, because I'm leaving at five. Oh, Wait, man. but no, we got to figure out story at three a.m. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, but that's cool too. Like, okay. uh, yeah, I know. I, okay. I would, I would, I would. You're not going to hire me, but I'd love to work for you. <laughs> I would, I would read you. Keep, <laughs> keep me in mind. Maybe I a mean, consultant. Oh my god. Yes. I've never been happier. <laughs> this, like no, the last ninety seconds. Thank you very much for having me. This yeah. is really cool. Yeah. So, I, like, I, you yeah. guys are actually the. Uh, I, I said this to you before. Um, in my however many years in this business, I have literally never been asked to ever come talk about diversity or ever talk about the experience as a person of color. Um, So thank you. And uh, that's crazy to me. 
But I think you should talk about it a lot. I think, yeah. I think, I think our listeners are gonna are gonna really value this episode. I, it's, yeah. it's very very connected. And I don't. And I did not mean don't hit me up. I just please don't come to me angry. <laughs> and you you like, know I don't, like, who you are. Like, I you really know like who please you don't. are. Guys. I, I don't. I don't. Um, uh, do you have anything to plug? Um, I do. I. Oh, I'm doing a screening this weekend. It's not open to the public, so I guess not. Uh, but oh, but I will say thank you to everybody. I I uh, did a, a f- you retweeted it, so thank you very very much. Oh, the much. Black Panther, yeah, thing. my yeah. Uh, uh, Black Panther screening, um, benefiting uh, ShieldsForFamilies.org. Um, it was amazing. We raised almost ten thousand dollars in twenty four hours, just literally from. I didn't use a GoFundMe or anything like that. I just asked on Twitter and Instagram, and it just blew up. And it was amazing. And uh, the objective was to get as many black kids as possible in to see the Black Panther. She, yeah, Shields for Family is this amazing LA-based organization that basically they do the grunt work when a child is is placed into uh, the system into foster care. And those, when you think about it, if a child has been taken from their home, people aren't taking them to the movies. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a kid. You know, like I said, it shaped who I was, yeah. and I want to try and hopefully, you know, share that experience with some kids that wouldn't otherwise for mm-hmm. a movie where they get to see themselves as the good guys. Yeah. So, yeah. So, thank you so much for retweeting that. Like, literally, right after you retweeted that, I got this influx of <laughs> donations. So, that it's, was amazing. It's the Harmon bump. Um, <laughs> uh, but thank you. So, that, uh, plugging that. And, um, is there a premiere is date that? for kidding? No. Okay. So <laughs> sometime in the future. <laughs> yes, kidding. Uh, on Showtime, starring Jim Carrey and a bunch of other really great people that I don't think have been announced. Um, shout out to Dave Holstein and Cody Heller and um, everybody else in the room. And do you have? Do you want to plug your Twitter handle? Sure. I'm on. I'm on everything. Is uh, Jazzfly J A S F L Y. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Cool. Oh, oh, and uh, we, I realized uh, people wrote in and reminded me that we have not announced what our, how to contact us at all for several episodes. Oh. Um, so then how did they contact you to tell uh, you that you haven't they, announced They it? hit me, they hit me on Twitter and say, how oh. do I write to the show? Oh, got it. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, so it's whitingwongs at gmail.com. Uh, Wong's, Wong is W-O-N-G-S. Whitingwongs at gmail and uh, on Twitter at whitingwongs. Thanks, guys. Bye. It's a good show. <laughs>